Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Hope you're doing well today. This is our Morning Glory midweek Bible study, but I, I'm taking you on the road with me uh, today. I'm actually in Southern California. My wife and I were celebrating the homegoing of Kelly's father, who has just passed away, and we're so happy that he is now in heaven. Praise the Lord. Yes, we do miss him. He was a good Irishman, praise God. Immigrated from Ireland, came over to America, got married, raised a wonderful family, uh, Kelly being one of those children, and he was a good man. And just before he passed away, the hospice nurse called us and was able to uh, put the phone right up to his ear, and we were able to speak with him and say our goodbyes. He was not able to talk at that point, but he could still listen. And I went into a vision, and I saw the heavenly realm. I saw the, the realm of paradise, the realm of heaven, where the saints go when they just arrive. And it's an area by the river of life. And I could see certainly uh, certain family members, two of them, who had passed away maybe 10 or 15 years ago, they were there. A, a small group, maybe about 20 people, were waiting for him there in glory to welcome him home. And also his personal angel was there in the room to guide his spirit as he left this world and went over into the heavenly realm. Praise God, my friends. One day we also will complete our journeys. But till then, we must stay faithful and keep on serving the Lord and working for him. Praise God. Now, of course, Pastor Kelly, uh, she misses her father. If you would like to send her an email of condolence, that would be that would be very sweet. She would read that. Send it to contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you know what? Let me say also that it was about maybe 10 years ago, right around 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, that I had an opportunity to lead... Uh, Pastor Kelly's father to the Lord, and he was raised in the Catholic Church, but he never knew Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. You know, you can go stand in a garage for a year, 10 years. It's not going to make you a car that doesn't turn you into a vehicle. So you can, you can go to a certain place, do a certain thing, shake the preacher's hand, have your name put on the church membership. That doesn't mean you're saved and born again, and he never was. But he received Christ one day, asked the Lord into his heart. And you know what? The Lord took all of that, that old uh, uh, Irish nature, which is really the human nature, but he, uh, he really could cuss. And the Lord just took that out of him, gave him brand new spiritual life. And he was a different man after his salvation. Now, he had already given up drinking. He was an Irishman. And uh, he loved to drink, had his own bar for a while. But uh, he had to lay the alcohol down because it almost killed him. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, the Lord set him free from all of those things, and he lived a good, godly life his remaining years upon the earth. But I tell you what, he was one of the hardest working men I've ever met, had a phenomenal work ethic, and was loved and uh, by so many people, praise God. Now, let's jump into today's message. We're going to be over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 1, and particularly verse 2. And Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that as we study your word, light and illumination would break forth with understanding that we can take your word and apply it to our lives today. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. 
And we all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and as we know, one more was just added to that cloud of witnesses. Praise God. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Yes, my friends, we want to live for the Lord, lay down all the uh, silly distractions and unnecessary weights that would take our focus away from being very effective for the Lord. And at the same time, we certainly want to lay aside all sin. Sin, according to God's word, and particularly what the Apostle Paul said regarding sin, is, is that sin is very deceptive. And it's deceptive like a spider's web. You think, oh, I'll get free anytime I want. I'll play around with it, but it'll never get a hold of me. And before you know it, you're tangled up and you can't get out. But we thank God for Jesus, who has the power, the authority, through his name and through his shed blood, to set anybody free from any bondage that would desire to be free. So look to him, and he'll get you up and running, because you're supposed to be running, praise God, and you can't run, all tangled up in sin or all distracted with the cares of the world. So get free, hallelujah, so you can run. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, in the Olympics, the most watched event will be the 100-meter dash. And everybody wants to know who's the fastest man walking around on the planet. Well, you'll find out, but it only takes about 10 seconds, and then it's over. But this race is more like a marathon, 26.2 miles, and it's an endurance event. So you have to pace yourself, sustain yourself, but you also have to keep moving forward towards that finish line because it is a race, and you do have an assignment. You do have a destiny, a purpose. You're not just here to breathe air, eat food, sleep, and take up space and take up room. No, my friends, God has you here for a purpose, and that is going to be fulfilled through the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author. Now, the word author there in the Greek, it means one who wrote the book or who wrote the material. And it also means prince leader, chief leader. So Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, there is specific faith, such as in uh, the faith where we have salvation in Christ, and we're going to sustain that and walk with the Lord and be faithful to him all the days of our life, all the way to the end. And he is the author of our salvation. And he certainly has the ability to get us to the finish line, cross it, and reach our heavenly reward. So he is the author and the finisher. But from a different perspective, there is not only the general faith, like you would have faith for salvation and to maintain that and to finish your course, but also faith for specific assignments, specific projects, things that the Lord is going to want you to do while you're here upon the earth. And there would be what we would also call like a primary assignment. And with a primary assignment, this is not going to be 20 different things. This is going to be one or two uh, primary things that are your initiative, and it's where your focus should be. So Jesus is the author of those specific assignments. And is very careful 
uh, excuse me, it's very important that you are careful that you don't see somebody else doing something, even if it's a good thing, even if it's something that glorify God, glorifies God, and you jump into that and you start doing it just because, well, you know, they're doing it. Well, maybe God told them to do it. And if God did tell them to do it, that's why it's working so good for them. But you must make sure, particularly on any type of major project, those that are going to involve, literally demand your attention, your time, your energy, your resources, that you know for certainty that Jesus is the author of that project and that this is not just something that within your soulish mind you want to do. Yes, you're going to have uh, desires. You're going to have various desires. And many of them, uh, they're, they're totally pure, of course. All of them are pure. But many of them are uh, not necessarily something that God has actually required you to do. Praise the Lord. You know, there was a pastor some years back that was a very godly man. Still is. Still pastoring today. And he's a Baptist minister. And even amongst his Baptist fellow ministers, they all look at him as being what they would refer to as a spiritual man. In other words, this Baptist minister, he only wants to do what God calls him to do, and he's very sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Well, this minister, uh, he and his church had bought some land to build, uh, you know, a new future ministry facility because they were outgrowing the one they had. The one they had only sat a couple of hundred people, and so they needed a larger facility, and they had the land, and the pastor wanted to build something that would be very, very beautiful, something that would glorify the Lord, a beautiful structure. So he didn't just launch into it thinking, well, this is a good idea. You know, he wanted to make sure that Jesus would be the author of this building project, because here's the reason why. If Jesus is the author of it, he will also be the, what? The finisher of it. Praise God. And if Jesus is not the author of it, uh, by the way, he has no obligation to bring something to completion that he never authorized or endorsed. So this pastor decided to fast for 21 days. And, you know, if you need to make a major decision, perhaps you don't need to do something that would be that... uh, Uh, I wouldn't call it extreme, but perhaps that level of commitment. Now, many of you have, and that's, that's to be commended. But sometimes you could get your answer in three days, sometimes maybe even 10 days. But if it's something big, yes, you may have to go on out into the deeper waters of the Spirit before you can get a very accurate answer. I would say this, if you're not sure, don't move forward until you know that you know. One of the worst things is to get in the middle of something thinking that it's God. And then you get in there when it starts getting tough. And then you realize, you know, I'm not really sure. Then, then it gets tougher and you're like, I don't even know. Then you're like, I want out. I, I have seen ministers, good ministers sometimes get into things that God didn't call them to. And, whoo, and, and maybe now they're locked into it by a contract, some type of a written obligation, and they can't get out. And it is, it's not good. And some have even completed things and finished certain projects. But because God never endorsed it, uh, then within two or three years later, the whole thing has collapsed or uh, it's fallen apart, and it's just not a place you ever want to be. You can circumvent all of that by going before the Lord and saying, Lord, is this desire 
something that you're authoring in me. Because if it's of you, you're going to help me to finish it. Okay, back to the pastor. He fasted for 21 days. He's very weak. He's very tired. He didn't eat any food, but he did drink a little juice. So he's got enough energy to carry out basic functions. Uh, he p pitched a little tent out on that grass property up uh, that he was going to build on. And there was a little hill. So he put his little tent up on the hill. Uh, his wife and children would come visit him every day from about three o'clock to five o'clock. On Sundays, he would come down and get dressed and preach in the church. But out, outside of that time, he was just pretty much in prayer, seeking God, wanting the Lord to speak to him. Lord, is this something that you're authoring? Well, he got to day 21 and he decided to walk from the grass hill area over into the forest and just walk over there and pray a little bit. And while he was walking through the forest, he tripped on a root accidentally, and he fell prostrate completely on his face with his face on the ground, his hands out in front of himself. Now, uh, it wasn't a hard landing. There was a bunch of leaves and it was ground was kind of soft, but while he was laid out prostrate, God chose that moment to supernaturally speak to him. And the pastor said, this is what the Lord told him. As long as you maintain this position of humility, I will bless what your heart's desire to do here is, and I will bring it to completion. Praise God. Amen. Well, he got up, happy, rejoiced. <laughs> he had heard from God, and they moved into that project. Long story short, they built a new sanctuary. I believe it seats about 5,000 people, but everything in it is the best of the best. All of the materials, all of the, uh, the quality, the workmanship, and you know, the Lord would touch the heart of contractors, of even subcontractors, when they would sometimes have to make major purchases of materials because it was a multi-million dollar project. And uh, a lot of the contractors or subcontractors would just say, we're, we're going to do it at cost. We're not even going to make any money on it because God's in this and we want to be a part of it. Isn't that fascinating? Sometimes even the unbelievers that would be working would also uh, uh, do extraordinary things to go the extra mile so that it was completed. So the whole thing was carried out. No struggle, no strain, no begging, moaning, or groaning, or anything like that. See, Jesus is the author and the finisher. Uh, uh, if he authors it, if he, trust me, if the Lord writes a book, do you think he's going to finish it? See, this is his word. Amen. See, Jesus is an author. Praise God. Uh, the, oh, 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 I forgot to say, he's also the best-selling author of all time, and all, he always will be. <laughs> Praise God. But anything he starts that he authors, it's going to come to completion. So anytime you launch into something major, because I feel that some of you are bumping up into destiny moments where maybe it's been on your heart for 10 years, maybe even 25 years, but now it's going to be time to start to put that in motion. Well, uh, when you get that green light of certainty, you'll know that yes, not only will it be started, but it'll be completed. So what you need to do is that when you know that you know, you need to get it all written out. You need to have the plan and not only have a plan, but have it itemized and look at cost of what it's going to take to get this done. Have you ever noticed that dreams cost money? Praise the Lord. Most dreams, whether it's even to build a hospital, uh, that's going to cost money. If it's to buy a printing press, whether it's digital or offset, to print nice books or even Bibles, well, that is going to cost money. A lot of these printing presses, they start. The good ones don't start to get $500,000 and up. But that's what it takes to do certain types of works. Praise the Lord. But the Lord, when He's in it, He'll bring it all the way to completion. Praise the Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So plan it all out, all aspects of it. Get the cost down. Um, detail the cost. Write it out. Itemize things so that you have a good understanding of what you're looking at and uh, how you're going to need the Lord to move in certain areas. And then just begin to pray. Pray it in and believe God for it. And just go go one step at a time. You know, how do you eat a giant steak? Just one bite at a time. If you're a vegetarian, how, you, how do you eat your veggie meal? If it's a big meal, one bite at a time until it's all gone. Praise the Lord. How do, how do you write a book? Well, one chapter at a time, but for some that maybe would just be starting, even a chapter can, uh, can seem something gigantic. So it just starts then with one page. Praise the Lord. Speaking of authors, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, if there's anything that God knows how to do, it's how to write a book. Praise the Lord. I felt an anointing on that earlier before recording this, that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's talk about books just for a moment. For those of you that perhaps have it within your heart to write a book, maybe you even already have a manuscript, but you don't know what to do with it. Let's talk about uh, doing your God book, getting that completed and bringing that to completion. The Lord will help you do that. Uh, maybe there's somebody watching you feel like you've got writer's block, that there's something you're supposed to write on. Maybe you even feel you have knowledge of it, but the writing thing just hasn't clicked. Maybe you feel that writer's block. If that's you, lift your hand up. I'll pray for you right now. Father, I pray for that person that would feel writer's block, that for some reason, maybe they feel like they're not qualified to write it, or they feel like, well, how could I write a book? Lord, I just release the anointing of your spirit to write, write, write in the name of Jesus. And I just remove all writer's block from this person watching right now. I remove it in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, as they sit down on their laptop to start typing it out, or however they're going to get this down, Lord, I just thank you. There's going to be a flow immediately. And the first page will flow, and the first chapter will flow, and the whole book will be a flow of your spirit. And I thank you that they're going to express their expertise in this particular area that there's that that is their specialty and it is going to be a blessing praise the lord thank you lord jesus you know um there is uh one man who wrote a book and it was actually co-authored and that that one book today has sold over one billion copies now that would be exceptional but you know he said something he said this book uh, and, and he could say it now that it's been so successful. He said this book, maybe in a sense, the content was not something that was so beyond any other book out there. He said a lot of it was how we marketed it and we just kept pushing the book. And even though the book didn't take off quickly, we just kept pushing it because we believed in it. And now it is sold all over the world. By the way, that book is called Chicken Soup for the soul. And that book is branched off into many other, uh, other types of topics have spun off that same book that the authors have built upon that. But uh, that's a good selling book. Now it doesn't touch the Bible. The, still the Bible sales are astronomical, way beyond a billion. But I tell you what, to write a book and sell over a billion copies, I would have to think that the royalty is pretty good on that. Praise the Lord. Let's talk about authoring a book just for a moment because Jesus is the author 
and finisher of our faith. So let's discuss this area uh, just a little bit while we're here together today. Um, I've met two people that I know very, very well that are good friends that have each written a book that has sold over one million copies. And that's a lot, a million copies. I'm not sure if you have ever seen maybe like 5,000 books ever stacked together before. Sometimes we hear these giant numbers like a million copies sold and you think, well, that's, you know, everybody does that. That is extremely rare for anybody to ever sell a book that goes over a million copies. You're like, you're like one in 500 million. There's very, very few authors that hit those type of sales like that. And it takes a special touch from the Lord when we're talking about a Christian book uh, to reach a blessing like that. So that's that's pretty cool. So two of those uh, friends of mine, they have written million uh, plus best sellers, praise the Lord. And I believe that the Lord can cause the material, the book that you have, also to fly. Pastor Stephen, am I going to sell a million? Well, you don't necessarily have to sell a million. Uh, my books have sold over, well, I'm in the six figures now. So you have to understand that to a top selling author means that you have sold 40,000 uh, copies. You've sold 40,000 books. But um, that is some, something that most people never get to a top selling level. 40,000 is a lot. 5,000 books is, um, that's about five pallets stacked completely high, about as tall as I am, of boxes stacked one on top of another on a pallet about as high as I am. So when you're talking about 40,000 books, you're talking about roomfuls of books, roomfuls of books. Remember back in the old days, uh, for those of you that would have knowledge of printing presses and how the book industry worked, Let's go back 30 years in time, which wasn't that long ago before print on demand uh, uh, revolutionized things. But back in the olden days, if you were an author, let's say you're a Christian author, and you got signed on with a, uh, you know, with a publishing company, you think, well, this is great. They're going to help promote my book, and they've got all the avenues to send my book out there, and uh, this is going to be good. It is, and at the same time, they're going to want you to purchase some books also so that you're trying to promote your book, and that way there's a mutual interest. They're, you know, you're trying to push your book out, and the publishing company, they're definitely trying to push it out because they want to see the book uh, do well because they're not in business to go out of business. They're in, the, they're in business to sell books, praise the Lord. Well, um, I was visiting a pastor friend of mine one time, and he said, um, he said, uh, Stephen, back there in the back, there's some uh, cassette tapes, some old cassette tapes. Let's get those out and take a look at them. And I walked back into his warehouse to grab these cassette tapes he and I were going to listen to. And when I went back there, I saw shelves and shelves, like warehouse, industrial style, shelves loaded of books. And there, it's one book, but it's all of his copies. He had purchased 40,000 copies himself and the book hit its peak, and it sold hundreds of thousands of copies, but he still had, uh, within his own inventory, 40,000 books left over. And I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever seen 40,000 books stacked together before. Woo, that's a lot of books. And so uh, things have changed, thank the Lord, in the book printing industry. You know, if you walk into a bookstore, uh, Books A Million, 
or Barnes and Noble, and my books have been in uh, these various outlets. I would have to say my favorite one would probably be Books a Million, but uh, my books have also made it into Barnes and Noble. But when you go into a bookstore, uh, such as one of these, for example, and you see all of these books on all of these shelves, you have to realize just to get your book into a bookstore like that is like a one in a million shot. Why? There's there's hundreds and hundreds of millions of books out there. And so to actually get your book onto a shelf in a retail store, um, it, it takes something special, praise the Lord. And that really comes down to what it's all about. That would be the content of the book, praise the Lord. So you want to focus on content, not the, not the cover. The cover is the fun part. Design the cover when the book is done. <laughs> but you want, to, you want to have really good content, praise God. And before I jump into the content just for a moment, let me swing back and say this. If you get signed on with a publishing house, as an author, uh, they're going to push your book. They're going to uh, they're going to want it to do good because they're in business, again, to sell books. So they're going to try to uh, get every vendor they can to buy it. They're going to try to knock on every retail store they can to get it onto the shelves. But they're going to want you also to have some skin in the game. So it's not unusual that they would make a request for their authors to purchase minimum, maybe 500 books. I've purchased before uh, sometimes 3,000 at a time. Why? They want you to also promote them. And so I would, you know, sell my book at, you know, on my uh, web store or in meetings and things like that. And of course, I want to promote my books because I believe they're fantastic. They share my revelations, my insights I've had from the Lord, and I know they'll help people. So I'm very much into uh, promoting those. But today, uh, because of print on demand, which is a new technology, you don't have to purchase 3,000 books up front which is a big expenditure and cost, even as an author. If you're getting them just above cost, uh, that's still a lot of money, especially when you're buying books in the thousands. But you can imagine back in the old days by having to buy forty or 50,000 books. Uh, what if you don't sell through them? Oh, they're going to sit there until Jesus returns, just like they were for that pastor. They're still sitting in that warehouse today. <laughs> Why? The book hit its peak long, long, long time ago, decades ago. She's never going to be able to sell through them. I don't know. Maybe you should just, you know, box them up and start sending them all over the world for free. That's what I would do if I had something like that. So anyhow, with print on demand, you'll never have a, a situation like that of all these leftover books or or product material that you don't need. Print on demand is that, let's say your book is on Amazon, somebody wants to order it. It's not like Amazon has, you know, 40,000 copies of your book sitting on their shelves. No, it's just print it very quickly and it's bound and glued and then whoosh, it's mailed out, uh, drop shipped to you. So it's revolutionized everything. Uh, it, it's made it very hard for publishing companies to stay in business. They've really had to. Um, uh, squeeze their bottom line. They've had to rethink how are they going to print because they're working with printers unless they have an in-house printing machine. But again, like I said, those are expensive, usually starting at $500,000 up or a million dollars for a good book printing machine. So these are all things that you have to think about. Uh, if you have a manuscript and you feel this is going to bless people, you've got options. Pastor Stephen, I've presented my book to many different publishing houses, and they didn't even email me back. Well, hey, you, you, today is a different world. I mean, you've, you can 
there are so many options today that you can self-publish. And it used to be, uh, if I went back just 15 years ago, in the Christian industry, you may you maybe only had four or five good options to self-publish, and today you have maybe maybe 250 options, and they're all good. You probably have at least 40 Christian options for self-publishing, uh, but then you have all types of other uh, self-publishing options like uh, uh, Amazon Kindle, and on and on it goes. And uh, and you might be thinking, well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not a good writer. I wrote a manuscript, and it is so loaded with grammatical errors, and I'm not even sure if my sentence structure is right. You know, there are uh, freelancers out there that can spruce all of that up for you. There's companies like Fiverr. Now, I really wouldn't recommend Fiverr. There's better companies, but I mean, if you're on a real limited budget, you could at least find somebody on Fiverr that's a proofreader that can do an editorial review that can uh, read through your manuscript, help you with your paragraph structure. Uh, they can they can fix all of your uh, grammatical errors, all your typo errors. And then after that's all polished and cleaned up, and then you can get somebody, an independent person to format it for you. And then finally, one final proof, and then, you know, all of the cover design. Now, if you have uh, uh, your own company, excuse me, not your own company, but if you had a publisher sign you on, and now you're with the publishing house, they're going to do all of that for you. That's what's nice about that. But at the same time, they're going to require a contract, and you're going to sign that contract. You're going to get royalties off every book that's sold, but at the same time, they're going to have certain rights over your manuscript, over your book. And here's something, particularly if you're a prophetic writer, that you're going to face. There are a few publishers out there that are Christian publishers. They'll take your manuscript. They'll do good proofreading. They'll help you. They Yes, they want to make sure everything's going to line up doctrinally, but there are there are other uh, publishing houses out there. They'll take they'll take a pen and they'll take they'll say this paragraph right here about your supernatural experience. We we don't believe in that. You just need to cross that out. And that's that's what you could run into with a lot of the companies that are out there that are publishing companies. They're just like, ooh, that's that's too supernatural. Oh, you're talking about tongues there. Oh, you said this. You said that this is a sin. Well, yeah, it says that in the Bible. Oh, well, we can't say that. We have to be politically correct. And they'll 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 start doing this to your manuscript. Okay. So if you if you can't, you know, if you don't want that, which I don't, which I don't, and really when God gives you a topic and a subject and you know what you're talking about and it is doctrinal and it is scriptural, you don't need to go around apologizing and trying to uh, convince people of why this is real. No, you uh, you need to find a publisher that will work with you, uh, that values your manuscript, and if for whatever reason, maybe they're, they, they already have enough manuscripts and they're already set for that season and, and they didn't choose yours, then you've got, you've got countless options for self-publishing, and there's many uh, good companies out there that can help you through it from step by step. If you just need a good proofreader, there's companies that offer that. If you need proofreading and pagination and formatting, uh, the get it ready to put in book form or on and on it goes, everything from cover design. There's companies out there that will cover all of that. Now, yes, there'll be a price to pay for that, but if you self-publish, one of the great benefits is that you know, uh, it's not like you're getting royalties. You get you get the entire commission of the sale. All the profit that would come out of the sale, that would go to you. Uh, the, the flip side of that is that all the promoting of the book comes to you too. So you could have a phenomenal book, 
with great content. It could be a revolutionary, world-changing book, but if nobody knows about it, <laughs> you know, then nobody knows about it. So there are some things you can do to uh, maybe try to lift that a little bit. Uh, one would certainly be to pray, and the other would be to do all you can to promote it. And there's, there's ways you can do that, particular, uh, particularly through social media. But you could also get endorsements. And you'll find out how important endorsements are uh, when you, you get some good endorsements. And people see name recognition is very, very important. And sometimes people just see a name. What is that name? That name says uh, integrity. That name says uh, trustworthiness. And they'll buy it just off of a good recommendation. And so you know, those types of things can really help a lot. There's so much, my friends, about authoring a book, writing a manuscript, but this is one thing that I would say. Uh, I would just say, write, write, write. Write it until it's done. Uh, don't really even talk that much about your book. Just write. Just write, 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 write. Even uh, Stephen King, who is, um, you know, of course, he's not a Christian. He writes all these horror books. He just, he, but, but he still knows. He said, if you want to be a good author, you have to read a lot of books, and you have to write all the time. You have to just write, write, write. And the more you write, the better that you're going to get at it. And even if you feel your writing is still not up to par, that's not a game breaker by any means. Why? There's, there's editors, freelance editors that can take your manuscript, and they'll proof it and polish it, and they'll make it look beautiful. Now, the content's still uniquely yours. They can't, they can't alter that or take that away. That's something that you have to pour in. But, um, you know, there's help out there if you feel you've been stuck or you've had a manuscript and you feel it's a good manuscript is just sitting on the shelf. Well, get it back down, praise the Lord, and get moving with that. You know, uh, I have submitted my manuscript with a major publishing house. They've said yes to it. And we'll kind of bounce the ball around a little bit as far as, you know, how details go with contracts and stuff like that. And uh, we'll see what happens. And at the same time, uh, you know, you want to check your other options. Well, Pastor Stephen, they said they said yes to you. I guess you'll just sit back now and just uh, cruise. No, <laughs> I sent the manuscript off to a whole bunch of other uh, companies too. One of the, uh, or actually, uh, well, I won't I won't say too much, but one of the largest uh, book producers in the world, they liked it, and they liked it a lot. And here's here's something that uh, their senior uh, uh, reviewer said. He said, Stephen, your book in its raw manuscript form is cleaner and better than many of the manuscripts we have that are submitted that have already been to have already been through like an editorial scan. In other words, where somebody goes through there and starts to tweak and change and fix and help and grammar correct and sentence structure. He said, yours, yours is like it's like it's already been done. Well, that's because I've written so many books that, you know, after a while, you just pick up a flow, and you can look at your paragraph, and you think, okay, that one's smooth, or that one's rough, or this needs more polish, and so you just keep working on that. So, those things will begin to shine, but I would say, my friends, just keep on writing until you get it done. Go all the way with the Lord. He is the author and the finisher of your book and your faith. Let me say this also. If you do feel you have a very important story, or something that is knowledge that you carry that you want to get out there, but you just think, Pastor Stephen, I, I still can't do it. There's still options for you. There are ghost writers. And all a ghost writer, you know, he's not a real ghost. He's a person, but he's, he's a secret person. 
When you read uh, the book of Proverbs, you read about a person named Lemuel. Who's Lemuel? That's, that's King Solomon. That's his pen name. You know, sometimes authors, you know, like to have a different pen name. Maybe it makes them feel special or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have a pen name. <laughs> Just Stephen Brooks. I go by the real me, praise God. But many well-known ministers they don't write their own books and their books are out there and they're selling like hotcakes. And you know what? The minister himself maybe wrote seven or 8% and everything else literally was done by a ghostwriter. And the ghostwriter is somebody who's a skilled writer who will sit, uh, sit down with uh, you know a tape recorder and notepad and just talk to the minister and say, now tell me about your book and tell me your heart and, and just give it all to me and he'll just write it all out. And then he'll take that information and he'll turn it into a book and then he'll bring it back to for a review from the minister and he'll say, yeah, that, that's, my, that's me. Yeah, you caught, you've caught my spirit. You've caught what I'm trying to say and you're implementing the uh, information I gave you. So even if it's not ministry, even if, if it's about uh, you know, technical stuff about how to make a robot, you know, you could find a ghostwriter that can convey that for you but you have to be able to get that, that information over there to them. Um, I would say concerning Christian books that be careful with ghostwriters. And in a sense, be careful in any of these areas. You, If you're writing Christian material, you're touching the sacred. And anything that touches that also needs to understand this, this is for the Lord. So there needs to be uh, clean hands involved. Not perfect people, but clean hands. And so uh, it was It was a few years back that one of these ghostwriters who had written books, he was the ghostwriter that wrote some of the most well-known books for Billy Graham. He wrote some of the most well-known books for Charles Stanley. And this ghostwriter came out and publicly acknowledged that he was homosexual and had been homosexual for a long time. And when he, when he ghostwrit all of those books, he was a homosexual. And so... Um, you know, the, the good ministers, the ones with the sweethearts, they forgave him and said, we pray for you. We love you. We're sorry to hear that. We, we're not happy about that, but, you know, we still love you. There were actually some ministers who got so, so mad, one particularly that wouldn't forgive him. <laughs> You've ruined my reputation. You've stained my reputation. <laughs> uh, so all of my books, I've written 100% of all of them. But uh, you, you'd be surprised. Uh, actually, you might not be. If you read some of these books, some of these uh, real popular, uh, I call them soft books, a lot, of, a lot of fluff and stuff like that from uh, the big sellers, from maybe Mr. Famous uh, Christian Minister. You read the book and you think, what's the big deal? It's not much in here. Well, yeah, you're right. There's not. And he didn't even write it. Somebody else wrote it. <laughs> so that, sometimes when you walk away after reading the book, you're like, I don't, I don't get it. What's the big deal? Uh, there's no big deal. It's just you know, they have to get a book out. Sometimes they're under contract with their publisher and they want a new book every six months. So that minister is under pressure to get a book out and he's going to get it out even if he doesn't write it. Now, they're going to put him as the author, but that doesn't mean he actually wrote it. By the way, the books that you read that carry an anointing, the minister wrote that. You can also, as a minister, I'll share one more thing, you can take your sermons if they are polished and tweaked in a sense where it can fit into word format for, uh, you can take a sermon and turn it into a book and the same anointing of the Holy Spirit that was upon the sermon will rest on the book. And I think many of you have found that out as you have read Kenneth Hagin's books. 
and what maybe you didn't know is a lot of those books, majority of them came from sermons that Kenneth Hagin preached that his secretary, Billy Brim, took and turned. She took the words from the sermon and put them into book form. And sure, you have to change just a little bit here and there. But the anointing is all over his books. Same way with uh, Bishop David Ogidipo. You could read his books and they're anointed. Many of those books were sermons. And the same spirit writing on the sermons is on the books. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that also can be a time saver in the sense where you're not having to recreate some new content. You just take those messages and change them a little bit so it's, uh, it's still the message. But a few of the words you might have to change and you're good to go. Praise God. Some of you just real, some of you preachers just realize you've got a book right there. You can take your 30 best sermons uh, that are within a context of one topic, bring them all together. You've got a book. And with a lot of the software that's out there that will, that will turn dictation into uh, words or into print, it'll put it right on your Microsoft Word document. Uh, you know what? You can do it, and the Lord is with you. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So if you're starting an impossible project, look to the Lord first. Get the thumbs up. But whatever that project is, even if, if it's a book, the Lord, with uh, he'll jump in there with you because he, he's authored it, and he will help you finish it, and it'll be a blessing to many. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together. Bless my friends that are watching today. Strengthen them, O oh God. We thank you, O God, that you are our author and finisher. And Father, we look unto you for the joy that is set before us. One day there will be a reward. We give you all of the praise. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We give you all of the praise. In Jesus' name, strengthen your people to complete the assignment. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're watching today this message from a hotel room, but you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can get right with God right now, regardless of where you may be, and you're in a, in a hotel room or wherever you might be, riding across the country on a bicycle, listening to a podcast of me preaching this to you. Regardless, if you want Christ in your heart right now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you today. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. My friend, welcome to the family of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now let's take some Holy Communion together today. I've got my Great grape juice on the road with me here in this cup. Praise the Lord. I better not pour that out. Hallelujah. Well, it's in there. And I've got my unleavened bread. So grab some communion with me. Grape juice and unleavened bread. And let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate it through this prayer as being holy, set apart for you. And Father, as we receive the body and the blood of Christ, we thank you. We thank you for your word. So many riches in your word, Father, that Jesus is our author and finisher of our faith and all of our faith projects. Fathers, we receive the body of Christ. Strengthen us to stay with it and finish the assignments that you have given to us. Let us be finishers, which is your quality, your character. We thank you, Father, for your strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive.
Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, if we have committed any sin, we ask that you would wash all of our sins away. We ask that you would lead us away from temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Thank you, Father, we lay aside every weight. And Father, we just throw off all sin. Now, Father, let there be your grace to run. Let us run, run, run. Those watching, Father, let them run with those assignments and complete them. I thank you. They're going to cross the finish line, and they're going to be rejoicing. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, my friends, if you've got something to write, a book, a manuscript, children's book, cookbook, start writing. Praise the Lord. And by the way, if you have a children's book, you're going to need an illustrator. And there are beautiful illustrators out there who can, uh, you've got to get the one that can catch your spirit, that can catch uh, the way that you want to convey it. But all I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter what your genre is, whether it's children's books, whether it's um, like more like journalistic teaching or uh, medical teaching or things like that or Christian content or material or even fiction. There are those out there that can help you. Even if you need illustrators, there are those that can help you. Praise God. Amen. And then when you get right to the end, you can have the fun part and you can get your cover design. That's always a lot of fun. Now they say, you know, don't buy a book based on the cover. But you know what? People do. And I believe you'll have a phenomenal cover that's a real eye catcher. Praise the Lord. Father, bless your people. Let them complete their manuscripts, those that are called to be authors. And those that are not only called to write books, but to author something that would be a special assignment. I see them writing. I see them working. And I see them completing it. Father, we give you praise. I bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.